Caution. What you are about to listen to could be dangerous for anyone wishing to live a normal, safe life at the end of a cheesy cul-de-sac. Back to Jerusalem podcasts are not made in sterile recording studios with professional DD DJs, but instead behind enemy lines with horrible acoustics, bad internet connections, and suspicious-looking coffee. Listening to Back to Jerusalem podcasts could include unwanted side effects like selling your house, leaving your boring job, and uncontrollable desires to speak strange foreign languages. So buckle up, strap in, and hold on, because this is Fast Train, baby, to all those places your mother warned you about. And now, for your host, the man known for having a radio face, Eugene Bach, coming to you live on delay in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of India. Today I am in New Delhi and I'm sitting here with a friend that I've known for, I'm not even sure how many years I've known you for. How many years would you say? Seven years. Almost seven years. Okay, so about seven years, I have known this dear brother from India. So you're a pastor here in India. Uh, feel free to give your name. As you know, on Back to Jerusalem podcast, we don't always give people's names because of security reasons. Uh, this pastor works in some areas that can be quite dangerous here in India. And uh, we are just so happy to partner together with you, regardless of what name you choose to use today. Okay, Anil is a common name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to pronounce. So okay. I'm Anil. Okay. And uh, so glad to be part of uh, Back to Jerusalem. And uh, it is a blessing working together. Yeah, I when we started working together about seven years ago, I think we met together. And it wasn't long after that that we began to focus more on ministry and agriculture. Right. And uh, I was... Uh, going from village to village, teaching farmers uh, how to do farming. It is not easy <laughs> because for generations they were doing farming. And now this uh, man uh, coming from city, he's uh, <laughs> trying to teach us farming. <laughs> so it was a learning experience. But when they saw the result, they really accepted. And uh, as... Uh, the work was progressing. Uh, I wanted something new uh, that can really attract these people. Oh, uh, that's exactly the same uh, time uh, you brought these aquaponics, and uh, which I thought it would be a very expensive uh, project. <laughs> and uh, maybe for cities, I may start these, uh, adopt these aquaponics. But uh, it really, uh, we felt it's for India. And we have all the basic uh, ingredients, uh, the basic materials needed to adopt these in rural areas are right there. So it was great uh, adopting aquaponics and learning uh, along with the Back to Jerusalem team. Yeah, so when we first started working with Anil... Um, we had this uh, new concept that we had been taught from a guy that grew up in a, in a very rural area of uh, North Carolina. 
sorry, South Carolina. So he was South Carolina. He grew up in a very a rural area of South Carolina, and he had this vision to use barrels to uh, grow plants in a bed of rocks. So instead of using soil, they use stones because as you know, here in India, there are many places in India as well as around the world where the ground is not very fertile. So I'm just going to explain this for our audience. Many people have never heard of aquaponics before, but with aquaponics, we're able to grow plants like tomatoes, like lettuce, different vegetables. We're able to grow them, not in soil, but in rocks which doesn't make a lot of sense until you see the other portion of the equation, which is the fish pond. And so the fish pond uh, has the wastewater from the fish that flows out of the, the, the fish water into the rock beds and that polluted water or that uh, water that has been uh, made dirty by the fish, whether it's their their excrement, whether it's just you know uh, mold, bacteria growth. When that goes into the rock beds, the f- plants are able to use that as nourishment. The rock beds cleanse the water, and then the water goes back and re- is recycled into the fish beds or the fish ponds. So this is a term that we call aquaponics. The guy who showed that for us is a guy that we call um or he's he's a redneck when in in english we would say a redneck which means that he's from the countryside uh he's a he's a pretty big size guy he's not that skinny and so he whenever he comes to teach the chinese he always says never take advice from a skinny farmer (laughs) (laughs) that's great because uh, always our people uh said See, why do we have to migrate? We want to stay back in the village, but uh, just uh, during this uh, rainy season, we can do farming. Ours is rain-fed farming for generations. Uh, Nobody can change. Uh, So the water we pour, we never see that again. And uh, we have limited water for uh, drinking and for our cattle. And uh, you want us to do more farming, expand our farm and waste more water. (laughs) So here is something that uh, where, uh, I mean, earlier it was, you will never see that water again. Once you pour that to your vegetables, your farm, here the water is coming back clean um, and it's there maybe you have to add little more or when uh, it evaporates uh, that really they began to think oh here is some uh, farmer uh, dressed in city clothes uh, <laughs> but still he has something new interesting let's try that yeah. Uh, yeah because there's areas of india right where the water is scarce it's not you know maybe readily available for people to have a lot of access to water. So if they go and get it, they pour it into the ground, then they have to go and get it again. But with this system, the water is recycled back around. Or even in uh, some uh, mountain uh, uh, terrain where they were saying we have to carry four kilometers up mountain. And uh, if I plant a vegetable garden, kitchen garden here, my neighbors will come and stone us because (laughs) you carried this holy water uh, from below and now you're going to pouring that on the (laughs) earth. So don't uh, curse this land. Uh, But here, uh, again, uh, these are the um, unique uh, ways uh, God 
open doors for us to share gospel uh, and uh, even in each instance we could tell uh, what we see is not exactly the way god has planned uh, things for us uh, there was a better plan and uh, how uh, sin entered i mean we go back to the garden of eden where everything the relationship was perfect and uh, very smooth natural link to uh, share gospel opens up in each one of these uh, projects whether it's farming uh, especially with uh, aquaponics uh, this is not exactly uh, what god Uh, plan for us we can restore the land but uh, let's enjoy the benefits of growing uh, vegetables without soil and uh, we uh, do can uh, restore the land when we turn back to god yeah uh, uh, exactly preparing people uh, bringing back people to the creator mm-hmm. uh, that really open door for uh, doors for us Let me ask this because uh, you started off by saying you know you're a, you're a city boy you're going to the village area the rural area you're teaching them and they're thinking what is this guy going to teach me you know about farming you know look at his clothes you don't look like a farmer how are you going to teach me about farming um but you were able to get into those communities especially using this technique of aquaponics because it is a new way of growing food that is a recyc- that recycles the water preserves the water and fertilizes the plants using the wastewater from the fish but have you had any success in growing crops in the city because you don't need soil right so have you been using this in urban areas as well or just rural areas oh uh, of course uh, all my experiments i am based in a, a city and uh, this how many people are based in the city how many people live in the city where you where you live oh uh, 300 uh, uh, 3 million 3 million okay yeah. so 3 million so there are more people that there your city as you call it in india yeah. is almost the population of finland So <laughs> so so this and and it's a so you got a lot of people living in a very small space. So it's not just when people think of city, it's important for you to know that in India and China, cities mean something completely different than in America, Canada or Europe. When we say city, maybe maybe a thousand people, maybe a couple thousand people, but you probably have more people that live within a, you know, one mile radius than most cities in the west. So with about 4 million people, 3 million people. That's about the size of a country. So this, when you say city, this is a really uh urban area. Right. And uh the interest uh is created by a uh, m- lot of exposure about uh, uh harmful side effects of uh, using um hormones in farming and uh, growth hormones and things like that and people come to me uh, i live in a very small flat can i uh, adopt this uh, system aquaponic system and uh, i do welcome all these uh, uh, enquiries or uh, online uh, questions uh, so people are in the city are concerned about the pesticides they're concerned about growth hormones so they're looking for something that's organic the system that you're using that's organic 
yes yeah. uh, 101% <laughs> that's what some of the friends who visited us they said this is not just organic this is uh, 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 more than uh, the normal organic uh, pro- uh, products or the way of producing vegetables and um, because you're adding fish to the equation which right. is is different than just planting pure vegetables you're adding almost a small ecosystem all together that that complements the the, the system one another uh, exactly and uh, and uh, thanks to back to jerusalem they never charged me for <laughs> teaching me when i uh, wanted to learn uh, they uh, taught me freely so why i'm emphasizing this because even in india cities there are uh, companies that are uh, training uh, people who are interested uh, in uh, having their own aquaponic system they charge by hour so usually these people when they wow. come they ask how much do we have to pay <laughs> when i say free uh they asked me are you serious <laughs> or are you going to charge us later so my house is uh, open house people do come and uh, how often do people come uh, at least we regulate to weekends we give them appointments uh, on weekends uh, when they call uh, during the week or when they uh, do some inquiry on, on a certain website so you've gotten so many requests that you've had to set a schedule specifically for people to come and visit yeah uh, usually i don't stay home i do travel <laughs> a lot so my children uh, take care of that my uh, 12 year old son is the one who entertains the guests but uh, if they have more <laughs> questions they do approach me uh, but uh, they have to pass the first phase where my 12 year old son <laughs> teaches them so so your 12 year old son teaches uh, people when they come to your house on the weekends and dad's not home your 12 year old son takes the role and becomes the teacher and teaches this for people in the village that's the beauty of uh, what uh back to jerusalem taught me uh, it made a very complex thing where so simple uh, even my children can uh, take care of it my wife was initially quite worried sometimes midnight uh, she found me missing from the bed because uh, uh, initially <laughs> when i uh, learned this i was so excited i just wanted to make sure that uh, there's no block the fishes <laughs> are okay oxygen is there so uh, i would go and check often but that's not the case now now my wife can uh, take care of it in my absence my children are, are fully involved and uh, even i do have limited space uh, but my uh, family is fully involved in all these activities because uh, it's entertaining it's uh, really involves uh, uh, keeps the family entertained and involved and uh, it's so uh, easy to adopt yeah. uh, system wow that's that's amazing and uh, this is agriculture is not the only project that we've worked together with you on the other project is we have the dove program from china which was actually Uh, the only system that we know of that was created by the chinese for the chinese to be used in china but many other countries said wow we like this system we think this is a, a system that would work for us and so we've used that in um 
Vietnam, Ethiopia, even Sweden and Norway, but not just those countries. You here in India also said we would like to use this children's training program that's been used in China. Oh, in one of the uh, trips where uh, back to Jerusalem friend uh, visited us, uh, during casual conversation, uh, I uh, came across this Duff uh, curriculum. And later, he sent me a copy. And uh, let me tell you, I'm <laughs> doing ministry uh, among children for more than 14 years. Uh, I, um, I worked among children from my teenage uh, years. So I, uh, most of the materials or the curriculums that are there prepared by Western uh, friends, they are good. Uh, we really appreciate that because uh, they invested so much and uh, but uh, always I felt uh, uh, it's not fully uh, communicating uh, well or uh, uh, there are certain roadblocks when we use uh, those uh, curriculums um, uh, but with uh, Dao it is love at first sight <laughs> this is exactly what we need and it really proved. Uh, let me tell you uh, uh, what happened in uh, the last summer. Uh, as a family, we travel across uh, northern India from the city where I live to Nepal. Uh, we we'll, uh, stop in uh, different villages. In one of the villages where we had uh, Duff training, uh, one pastor told us, I'm going to be here only for a day. Uh, because I have an engagement uh, tomorrow. But by evening, before the session finished, he phoned uh, <laughs> the place where we he was supposed to officiate a wedding, 100 kilometers away from our venue. And he said, uh, uh, I'm, you find another pastor <laughs> to conduct the wedding, I'm not coming. I won't miss this opportunity to learn from this family. Because... Uh, Dove, even uh, I, 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 it's so amazing. Uh, whether it's aquaponics, it's uh, Dove, uh, not just a pastor or a full time worker uh, like me can teach. Even my daughter and son, they are involved in teaching. My daughter is only nine years old. Uh, last year she was eight. Uh, she was taking some sessions. My son was 11 years old. He was taking some sessions and these pastors who are in ministry for 20, 25 years, they stayed back. They wanted to learn more. And they said, this is uh, what lacking in our ministry. Uh, one pastor said, I used to preach to children and by the time uh, I turn uh, to pick up something, um, the children are all gone. I said, what is wrong with my preaching? But now I know there is a very easy, uh, simple, effective way to minister to children. Uh, that's how we are blessed uh, by using Duff curriculum. What What do you think is different? What is different? When you saw, when you said love at first sight, what was it that you saw in the Dove curriculum that was different than the other curriculums that you have used or been exposed to in the past? Um, uh, this uh, dove, uh, all the uh, uh, whether it's uh, puppets, whether it's uh, activity sheet, it's uh, nothing. Uh, we don't have to purchase anything from outside. Uh, 
uh, we just have to pick up some uh, uh, wrappers or uh, bags or paper bags or things like that and uh, we can make our own puppets uh, i mean that's uh, one basic thing then uh, it uh, brings uh, bible is central i would say that's the heart of this thing that really uh touched us and uh, it's not the activities activities are not uh, diverting our children or the teachers attention to other things it's bringing back to bible bible is the central mm-hmm. and the teaching and everything works around it so that at the end the scripture reminds with the children one of the things that i find uh just listening to you in this small amount of time is that your family is almost like the dove example i think when when we first look for me when i look at other uh sunday school curriculum um one of the things that i notice is that it is teacher based so that the teacher teaches the child the t- the, the child absorbs what the teacher's saying and then you're done for the day Whereas the Chinese Dove program focuses on the ministry of the child, that the child is called by God, was made by God, and has a purpose by God, and the purpose of that child is not restricted by age. We can see that with your child at 12 years old (laughs) being out there teaching people about aquaponics because it's not just about sharing the skills of growing food because sharing the skills of growing food, there's a lot of people that's passionate about it. You're passionate about it because you're passionate about the souls and you're looking for ways to feed people both physically and spiritually because your heart is not that of a farmer but more of a pastor. So I see how that works really well. When I was uh, working with our Chinese team in Nepal for the Nepal earthquake, you were also making your way. You had dove training taking place around that same time, and you started to bring goods up to Nepal. Excuse me, for those that were hit by the earthquake. Do you want to share a little bit about that time? Uh, uh, These... That's the time when uh, our relatives and uh, friends said, do you think, uh, is this the right time to go to Nepal? It's, uh, why don't you uh, come back and just pray for Nepal? Then my wife uh, talked to uh, my mother-in-law and said, if we don't go now, when? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we really felt that uh, this uh, this is the time the people of Nepal need our presence. And uh, we wanted to do uh, bring in quite a lot of uh, relief materials. But when you said it's already there, the Chinese church and the uh, chi- um, uh, team is already there, brought in there, it really comforted us and felt, okay, we need to be there. Uh, physically to comfort them because they were uh, going through a lot of trauma and uh, psychological uh, after effects of uh, earthquake because of uh, earth moving and uh, many people were uh, um, getting hallucinations and uh, they felt like so uh, but the first thing that really touched us was uh, the Chinese church is already there uh, at the right moment 
uh, then we uh, went in with a limited whatever we could carry on top of our uh, car uh, we brought in those materials and uh, we heard that it was the exactly the things they needed yeah um, you know during the time that you were bringing those items in we had flown items from china because we have what we call an emergency backup because once every year, sometimes once every two years, there's usually a disaster. And if you try to arrange the items for the disaster when the disaster happens, oftentimes you won't have the items that you need for another two weeks. But the people that are in the disaster area, they need those items now, not two weeks from now. So we had backup, and we had our backup loaded up in Shanghai. So the night that we heard about the disaster in Nepal, we were able to load a plane of a couple tons of aid, of tents, blankets, mess kits, first aid kits, and fly that to Nepal. We never got that those materials because the Nepalese airport was such a mess that when items were coming in from uh, – uh, Red Cross, from U.S. military, from Chinese military, from all these different military groups that were coming in. The airport in Nepal is very small, so they weren't able to hold all the planes. So as soon as the planes would land, they would have to turn them back around and get out. I know because for two days I circled around the Nepal, Nepal airport and then kept going back to Sri Lanka and Nepal, Sri Lanka, Nepal. I'm sorry, Bangladesh. So I was going to Bangladesh, Nepal, uh, Bangladesh, Nepal. And the problem with that was that um, um, in when our plane landed, they offloaded our goods. What we think happened – now, we can't prove it, but what we think happened was that somebody on the field sold our items to another aid group so that somebody from the airport made money from our group because we were told we, we were at the airport. We had our people at the airport waiting for the plane. So we were there when the plane arrived, but they never let us get our goods. And uh, there were people that were walking out with goods from the airport, not our goods, but other people's goods. And they said that the uh, groups that were there said, yeah, we just bought this. So they were buying tents from the airport. The airport doesn't make tents. They don't sell tents. So somebody was selling it to other groups. So I think that our items were sold to another emergency aid group. And that's fine because at the end of the day, our items were still able to help people. But we were not able to guarantee any goods coming from China. I flew directly to Chengdu. I met with the director of the air, the airline um, that was flying into Nepal. They said that they could not allow me to fly with the goods. I can be on the same plane, but they would not let me get off the plane without going through immigrations to watch the goods as they came off. So that's when we really thought of you. And you were able to take the next route, which was from India. So you came in from India, you and your family from India. And what was amazing about that is that when you came, you had your wife and your children, and you were able to bring in goods that people needed. You were able to connect with the Chinese and work with the Chinese. But you told me a story over the phone. I don't know if you remember it or not. But you said that when you came across, there was a lot of bribery that was taking place at that time. And many people had to like uh, give something to the guards from the goods. But you had your kids and your family, and it made them feel bad, and you were able to use that as kind of a way to bring in the goods – Without being uh, hassled or having to pay bribes. 
Uh, uh, really, one of the thoughts that came to me that those days was uh, you uh, flew in from Hong Kong and went all around. I'm so close to <laughs> Nepal. Yeah. They are my uh, like younger brother. Yes. We call him Benjamin. Uh, so um, that's really know. good. So you guys, you guys, you, you guys are like uh, Benjamin and Judah, right. or, or or Benjamin and and Joseph. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if we can't do something for our younger brother. Uh, I mean, there are uh, people like you are trying to bring in relief from so different parts of the world. So whatever we could uh, take, we should take. And uh, at the each uh, border point, uh, they looked at our children, and uh, we were. Uh, they will just smile and pray. We they uh, taught to pray, just pray, look at them, smile. But in your heart, you are praying. Never show, uh, n- never get afraid. Or uh, even if you, uh, um, uh, I mean, it's really heart touching. Sometimes, uh, you know, many other vehicles are stopped, and uh, then they uh, we can see uh, money exchanging hands. And then we go there. They salute us and. Let us go. I mean, like, uh, who am I? <laughs> so definitely angels are traveling with us. People are praying for this situation. And uh, really, uh, even uh, we thought, okay, now let's put all the ethics in one side for the benefit of our friends. Even if we have to pay bribe, we may do that. But Father, don't let us do that. <laughs> but uh, there was no issue at all. It was like a smooth uh, uh, tra- uh, transit for us in each step. Whereas everybody, uh, all many uh, other friends said their trucks were turned back and uh, they couldn't enter. They, they were not allowed to bring in materials and all the negatives. But uh, we could bring it. <laughs> and uh, some of those answered prayers, because each step, each stop, Every 200 kilometers along this um, uh, 2,000 kilometer uh, travel, uh, we were using the same stories, uh, zooming uh, or uh, all these dove stories where prayer is answered. And uh, it really boosted our uh, uh, faith. So uh, walking back to Jerusalem, uh, it's not just uh, one project you pick up uh, but it's a relationship it's a whole family uh, and uh, another thing let me bring back about uh, dove is uh, we tried many other uh, curriculum or uh, some patterns for our children but we had to put a lot of pressure then later we felt it's like uh, uh, sending them to school or asking uh, uh, encouraging them to do their school assignments but with dove uh, there's no pressure. They uh, willingly they start doing making uh, pictures or uh, making uh, uh, puppets or different things. They bring in their uh, own. Even when we go shopping, sometimes they'll find some interesting um, uh, puppets or things which they can use as puppets. And oh, uh, Mama, I want to buy this so that for the next presentation for memory verse, I want to use this. So this is uh, amazing. Even during this Nepal crisis, uh, Nepal uh, earthquake time, we saw God uh, working amazingly uh, by opening doors for us. Excellent. Mm. Wow. Praise God. And now 
We are in a special time because we have six Chinese who have traveled to India today, and they are going to be traveling with you to go and see the farm work that you have done. And their vision is to partner together with the church in India to share the gospel. Now, what is kind of your thought? How do you view these Chinese when these Chinese come from China? These are um, believers who want to come and serve in the church. Does that feel strange or weird? Or what's your thoughts about having six strange Chinese coming to India to serve the church here in India together with you and your church? Oh, it's like two giants coming together. <laughs> One is trying to take over other by population. <laughs> we are trying to. So here we are partnering together. We are not competitors, but we are kingdom partners. And uh, uh, we we don't. It's not uh, something strange because uh, uh, morning till evening we have everything Chinese. Our cups are from China. Our <laughs> <laughs> mobiles are from China, and uh, our blankets are from China. I don't know. Maybe some of the food stuff also started because we eat a lot of Chinese food, but uh, they they are uh, Chinese only by name. So they are not strangers. We are kingdom uh, pa- uh, partners. Uh, definitely, uh, this is the time that. Uh, both of uh, both India and China work together, and uh, the church is ready, and uh, people are ready. Um, definitely, uh, even in whether it's cities or uh, rural areas, they have high regard for uh, China, mm-hmm. because uh, uh, I mean I'm not putting my country down, but uh, even uh, uh, all these years' expertise and uh, all the resources available. We are not able to come up with uh, so much products at uh, uh, affordable uh, price. So when Chinese come, oh, here is something more yeah. uh, with uh, millions of gods and goddesses. Uh, <laughs> here is another one which we can afford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, uh, uh, I'm sure people are, uh, God has prepared the hearts of people to receive gospel from the... Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, which is amazing to me, which is that you have the world's two most populated countries coming together, the land of the dragon, the land of the elephant, coming together and working together for the kingdom of God. You know, back to Jerusalem, we say is a vision of the Chinese church, but to be honest, um, it's nothing new. It is basically the Great Commission. Uh, their job or their vision is to take the gospel to the areas that have not heard before between China and Jerusalem, not going all the way to Jerusalem, but going from country to country, village to village, person to person. Uh, India is now also starting to see new believers coming every day in this great country. And so uh, we believe that the new wave might be the wave coming through India. And so the Chinese and the Indians might actually be leaving India and China together, going to places that are on the border, like you said, Nepal, but also 
Pakistan. I mean, you guys know Pakistan better than anybody, really, except for the Pakistanis. <laughs> but you guys know Pakistan, and then you move into Afghanistan. I mean, India has had relations with these groups for generations. And then into Iran, another place that India has had relations with for many years. And there's a lot of similarities between the Indian culture and the Middle Eastern culture, the Indian culture and the African culture, marriage ceremonies, foods, uh, practices for uh, living inhabitant areas. Um, there are so many similarities that I think the Chinese will be able to learn from the people from India. Right. Uh, it's our prayer that uh, not we just don't limit ourselves to Jerusalem. The Great Commission should uh, reach out the ends of the earth. Yes. Judea, we yes. are going to Nepal, Bhutan, Bangladesh. Oh, amazingly, we have more uh, Nepalis living in India or uh, every day hundreds of Bangladeshis are coming into India. So even if uh, both uh, Indian church and Chinese church has to reach uh, out to whether Afghanis or Iranians or uh, uh, Nepalis and Bangladesh, we can just sit right here in India and reach out these nations because they are, at our, uh, they are uh, coming into our nation on a daily basis. Yeah. And they are much open when they are in a foreign country. Um, there's n not much restriction in India to reach out uh, Bangladeshis than going inside uh, Bangladesh. They are more open to business ideas. They want to learn new skills. They want to learn languages, new languages, which can take them to uh, help them to do a new business with other countries or even to go to China and get... Uh, 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 things from China, so it's uh, we see a r bigger uh, opportunity for both the Chinese church and Indian church to work together. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, thank you so much, Anil, for joining us, for sharing about this, and for being together with Back to Jerusalem as we focus on this great nation of India. Thank you guys so much for listening to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. We are going to wrap this up. I am Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of India. God bless you. My name is Jung, and I am an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. It is considered quite dangerous for me to share the contents of this book. But these are stories that need to be told for God's glory and the encouragement of the church. So begins the extraordinary first-person account of a prominent leader of one of the largest underground churches in China. This dramatic true story is told in Back to Jerusalem's latest book, I Stand with Christ by Eugene Bach. I Stand with Christ is a detailed account about a former Communist Party member who took a stand for his faith in Jesus and was targeted for prison, work camps, and torture. See how he goes from the prison cell of China's maximum security prison to leading one of the largest underground house churches of 10 million believers. Be amazed at this true story of suffering, sacrifice, and triumph. I Stand With Christ 
is available at www.backtojerusalem.com or where books are sold. There's a simple way for us to help ISIS victims. Drink tea. It's that simple. By drinking a cup of Back to Jerusalem Chinese tea, you will bring hope to the refugees displaced by ISIS. It is a healthy way to make a difference. So invite friends and family to your home for a Bible study around a warm pot of organic Chinese tea. Does your church have a cafe? Add Back to Jerusalem tea to the menu. All profits go to help ISIS victims in Iraq and Syria.